We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Jesus, we stop today like we do many times throughout our lives. We stop today on Good Friday. Doesn't sound so good, but we know the repercussions of today has reverberated throughout millennia. And so today we pause and we thank you. We ask Holy Spirit that you open our spirits that we might listen to your still small voice today as we celebrate Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I listened to a TED talk the other day by a photographer whose name was Caroline Caitlin. Caroline is invited by members of families to take photos of their loved ones at the end of their lives. Children, husbands, wives, parents. Often Caroline's photographs are the last photos ever taken. She sees a lot of emotion, loads of feelings that range across the full gamut of emotions that are available to us. In her talk, she pondered, imagine if we could see people's feelings and emotions in color. What if as someone was walking down the street, surrounding them was color that indicated the emotion or the feeling they were experiencing at the time. You can imagine a child just having finished a carousel ride at a theme park and they're surrounded by vibrant pink or yellow as they run toward their parents waiting outside the fence. Smiles tell part of the story, the color, the rest. Well, what if you were sitting in a doctor's waiting room what colours would you see surrounding or streaming behind people as they came and went? Deep blues, greys, maybe oranges or even yellows if the news was good. It made me think, what colours were streaking behind and surrounding and enveloping the people of the Easter story? Not just what did they see or what did they say, but what could they have possibly felt? If we were observing, what colors might we have seen across that space as we saw these scenes unfold? It's late Wednesday. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, just a few of his friends. It's just days before the cross. And Jesus asks his closest friends to wait for him in the garden and pray while he goes off to be by himself. He needs to be by himself. He needs to pray. He needs to be with his father as he's beginning to feel grieved and distressed. I can only imagine the blues and greys wrapping him like a blanket, not a warm blanket, a cold blanket. A cold blanket that steals every ounce of warmth 
and comfort remaining in your body as you shiver to the bone that causes your body to shake uncontrollably. The disciples, they fall asleep, tired, exhausted. Maybe they were at peace, naive to what was ahead, unaware of what Jesus was processing internally, asleep while Jesus was heaving with heaviness. Broken, distressed, overwhelmed. But it was just the beginning. He came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Behold, the one who is betraying me is near. As the crowd approached, it must have felt like a storm, like this clashing of colors into white, intense, passionate, overflowing, spitting, venomous, raging, clubs and swords are brandish. But none of that was as deadly as the leaning in of a kiss from the once one who was once a friend. Their eyes meet for a moment. What does it feel like to look into the eyes of someone you just betrayed? What does it feel like to look into the eyes of someone who's executing the betrayal? Was it compassion, rage, confusion, sorrow? How did you feel when you met the eyes of your betrayer? Many of us have experienced firsthand that kiss of betrayal and how that makes us feel. When those bags of silver worth more than your trust and your friendship and your love, it's one of those hardest moments to unfeel. The friends with Jesus just flee. So we know how they felt. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed from a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. Sat down? Sat down? What is such a benign word to describe the emotions that Peter must have been feeling? Didn't it mean to read, he hid among the guards, he concealed himself among the guards, he camouflaged himself, anything but sat down like a family gathering around the dinner table or a patron at the movies looking for a seat. There was no back row in which to hide, just a crowd and shadows in which to cower. Is that being too harsh? Would I have done anything different? No. No, in fact, I think it's taken way less than an angry mob to force me into the shadows. For me to look across at an opportunity to raise my flag and show my colours, only to become hidden. A pale grey of the vibrant and exciting mass of influence I'm supposed to be. At least Peter was there. 
None of the others were. At least Peter was trying to be courageous. He wanted to be there for Jesus. He wanted to know firsthand what had happened to his best friend. I guess like me and maybe like you, he desperately wanted to be the lion heart. But other emotions just got in the way. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Well, you've said so, Jesus replied, but I say to you all, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his clothes and said, he's spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? What do you think? It's amazing how many times in this story the color of fear seeps in. The swirl of purple isn't from Jesus, even though he's the one who's kneeling half naked, spat on, bruised and smacked about. The disciples were afraid and they ran. The chief priest is afraid and asks for confirmation before making a decision. Peter is afraid and he cowers. Pontius Pilate is afraid. Even though he sees no wrongdoing, he hands Jesus over for crucifixion and releases Barabbas. But the king, he was distressed. He was distressed and grieved as he prayed in the garden. They look like the same color, but they're different emotions. The king understood sorrow and pain as he was beaten by the guards, hit in the head again and again and again with their rods, whipped within an inch of his life. He knew firsthand what it meant to come first, to come in contact and live in the territory of enduring people's scorn and anger. Some might think that it was fear that paralyzed him from standing up for himself to fighting back. But Jesus told his disciples when he was in the garden that at any moment he could call down legions of angels to come and make it stop. Fear of Jesus' rising influence may have moved the Pharisees. Fear of their lives may have pushed the disciples. Fear of missing out may have whipped up the crowd. Fear of losing his position and influence may have motivated Pilate, but not Jesus. What colors would you have seen engulfing Jesus over these last few days? When he found his friends asleep at his time of need. When one of his disciples cut off the ear of a servant as they came to arrest him and he gently picks it up and places it back on. When Judas leans in and kisses him. When Peter peered through the shadows. When Jesus looked down from the cross to the crowd below him and said to his father, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. When he turned to the man crucified next to him and whispered under strained breath, truly I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise. 
What color draped Jesus as he hung on the cross? Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Don't misunderstand. It wasn't the love you have for a spouse or someone that you're in love that gives you butterflies in your stomach. It's the kind of love that says, I will so that you can. I'll go without so that you can have. Have you ever had someone in your life who simply doesn't deserve your love? What they've done seems unforgivable. How they've spoken to you, irreprehensible. How they've behaved towards you, unacceptable. Have they spread rumors about you, deplorable? Have they treated you, disgraceful? If anyone deserves you to have your back, turn on them, it's that person. Yet, when you and I turned our back on Jesus, He turned His face toward us. seems like a careless love, unconsidered, impulsive, irresponsible, reckless even. But know this with every fiber in your body. During the journey toward the hill they called the skull, Jesus experienced every, almost every possible emotion available to us. How could He not? But the one that kept His gaze straight his will determined and his heart focused was his love 